when I, when I was a senior in high school, we went on spring break with my buddy and we drove to the upper peninsula of Michigan. We had no money. So we just like slept in the woods, but we were so stinky. We had to take a shower and we didn't have money to get a hotel room. So we actually went to a motel, you know, where the doors are on the outside, just a two story little motel. And we, we waited in the parking lot while the cleaning crews were going through and they'd leave the doors open while they're, they'd, they'd, they'd have like two of them open at a time, but they'd be cleaning the one we snuck in and took showers. That is bold. Oh man. It was like a 60 second shower. <laughs> then we ran out. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. I would never have the guts to do that. You stupid kids and your record players and your Walkmans causing trouble. <laughs> that's funny i'm josh and my mission is simple i teach tens of thousands of home service business owners like you how to grow a profitable seven-figure business every week i deliver mind bombs and systems designed to help you gain mastery over marketing admin production and sales inside your company each week i'll open up the vault so you can finally take hold of the life and business you deserve There is only one thing between where you are today and where you want to be, and that is the growth you're willing to endure. You're in the right place. Welcome to the Growth Vault. Hey, my friends. Welcome to the Growth Vault podcast. Hope you're doing awesome. Today, I have kind of a special treat for you. Um, It's basically an inside look of just a normal conquer call. So many of you are in the Automate, Grow, Sell, Conquer program. Some of you are not. Uh, it's a powerful thing. You get lots and lots of stuff. But I thought it'd be cool to share kind of what one of our weekly coaching calls sounds like. And so you'll hear a few different stories and some normal business things uh, from four different people that are in the group. And I'll kind of commentate and fill, you, fill in some gaps. I edited uh, some of it out, some things that wouldn't make sense. Uh, but I want you to imagine yourself being in a call like this every single week for the next year. And imagine what type of impact it could have on your business. Would it help you collapse time? Would it help you to do more things that you know you should do, but you're not really doing because no one's holding you accountable? One of the curses of being your own boss is that we oftentimes move slower because no one's standing over our shoulder. So accountability is just one of the benefits of the Conquer program. And I hope you enjoy this. To kick things off, we're just wrapping up talking to Jonathan, who is a young man. He's has a small business, uh, and he's had a really rough few months, right? Because one of the realities is uh, it rains on the just and the unjust alike. Bad things happen to good people. You can be as prepared as possible, and weird stuff still happens, right? And part of the Conquer program is is walking alongside and doing life with people that are going through bad times. We celebrate the wins, but we also are, are a shoulder to cry on when things are not going good. And Jonathan had two really horrific things happen in a row. So for the last several weeks, he's been in really survival mode and rebuild mode. Uh, he's handled it like a boss. And the group is kind of congratulating him because his entire staff all quit on the same day. And he also lost five figures worth of cash that he really needed on a failed marketing thing. And these things happened within a few weeks of each other. He was down in the dumps, but he pulled himself out of it really, really quick. And I think we can all relate. Okay. Anything else, Jonathan? No. Dude, proud of you. Proud of you for hanging in there. Yeah, man. Nice work, Jonathan. Thanks. Nice work. Well done. You got kicked in the nuts and punched in the throat 
yeah. back to back and you're uh, still showing up and you're getting it done. And so I'm still having your best month ever now. That's cool. Buddy. Yep. Lessons learned. Your capacity is bigger. You trust yourself more. You've endured more. Hey, you might have even just officially earned your bachelor's degree in pain. <laughs> no. I, I always I always joke that like to be successful, you have to have your bachelor's in pain. And to be really successful, you have to get your master's degree in suffering. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't want that. I mean, it's relative to the, the outcome in your of your life. So you can stay at the level you're at, right? Yeah. No, I I'm, I don't think that's always true. A lot of people that are miserable failures definitely have a bachelor's degree in pain and suffering. So yeah. it's more of a joke than anything. Next, we talk to my friend, Brittany, who is married to Daniel, and I've worked with them for a couple of seasons, and they have kind of a typical small business story, right? They work really, really hard. They do a great job, and they're going through all the normal struggles that a small company goes through. Now, the cool part is, is that they're really not a small company anymore. They're right on the precipice of breaking to that next level, doing over a half a million dollars in revenue, uh, but they're booked out two and a half months, and they need to hire an admin assistant, and they're having a hard time finding employees. I don't Can anyone else? relate with that right now <laughs> i bet you can and anyway here is the call the portion of the call with Brittany. and the phone hasn't stopped ringing so i haven't been able to really do much except answer phone calls um but they're starting you've raised your prices about 40 percent as well yeah right? and we have all... how's you still closing most of them Still closing a lot of jobs, yeah. Let's raise it sixty percent. Raise it again. Hundred percent. You you don't stop raising it. There's no cap on raising it. Okay. It it doesn't exist. You can raise it three hundred percent. So the the close rate and and how much runway you have is what determines the price. It's called mm-hmm. supply and demand pricing, right? You have no supply and there's a high demand. Right. Reach some sort of equilibrium. You you don't have to, but what happens is is you're, you know, when the whole season's all said and done, let's say you guys have your winter thing funded, there's 20 mm-hmm. grand in there, whatever it's supposed to be, and you have an extra 10 grand sitting in the bank account. What when it all washes out, right? Let's just say it was 10 grand in the business account and 20 set aside for your person. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you properly utilize supply and demand pricing right now through the busy season. The difference could be twenty grand in your personal and thirty-one thousand left in the business. It's like a gigantic difference because most of your margin comes on the back end of the price. So if you charge three hundred dollar price and you get to clear seventy-five bucks in profit, and now you charge a four hundred dollar price, that's only a twenty-five percent increase. To keep it simple, generally speaking, the entire increase. Plus the $75 now becomes profit. Does that make sense? So, mm-hmm. so now you've made 2.3 times the profit by a 20. You've made 225% more profit off of a 25% increase, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So, you know, bigger companies, like I probably said this before, but I'll just say it again because it's a really good reminder. What you want to do is you're trying to walk the razor's edge of capacity and, mm-hmm. and, and, and also supply and demand pricing Mm -hmm. for us, for my company, we'd had a two week, that was our line in the sand. So when we're booked more than two weeks out, prices would go up 
to infinity as long as we kept holding the line, staying two weeks. If we dip below that, then we'd adjust the prices down. Plus, we'd call back all the really highly bid jobs and offer them right. discounts and special deals and blah, blah, blah. You're, you're booked out like two and a half months, basically. Or yeah. like, I, I guess a month and a half, right? Or about six weeks? June, July, and August. I I think we're uh, mm-hmm. two and a half months close yeah, to that's three. Just- totally insane mm-hmm. so, yeah like getting booked three months doesn't make sense yeah. so what does make sense though is if you sell jobs at two or three times your normal price and you squeeze them in on a saturday or you put them mm-hmm. in before a day or at the end of a day or even if it's that mid-august appointment but it's two or three times the price that makes sense mm-hmm. the bigger your company gets the shorter your time frame gets so like uh, the example I use is Tommy Mello's company and he's been buying companies all over the country. They're huge. They do like, they'll do like a hundred million this year, I think, but companies like that. And I don't know his exact numbers, but I'm <clears throat> certain that they st- probably are booked out about 24 hours at a time. And so the same principle is applying to them is what I'm talking about. The mm-hmm. difference is just, it's just higher stakes poker game, but he's got, you know, hundreds of employees to help them. It's, it's a telltale sign of a small company when they're booked out too far, mm-hmm. right? because it just says that, that all the recruiting stuff's broken. Something's broken, right? We, we've not conquered the problem of finding recruiting, retaining employees yet. You know, and we will, you know, something, I don't, we're in a unique circumstance. I think still from COVID and from the stimulus money and stuff, mm-hmm. the state of Oklahoma is paying people $1,200 to go back to work, which is actually an example of a politician using their brain, in my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, instead of paying people to not work. Um, but you know, we'll deal with it. We'll fight through it. And the good news is your business is still up. Your profit will be up. You're going to have a second winter in a row of being totally financially secure with a mm-hmm. bigger business. You have more systems. You're going to have that. There's still lots of good happening. So yeah. just kind of speaking in general, but. Yep. And one of, one of the things that I'm excited about with, well, outside of just finally getting an admin assistant, because I've been needing one for two years and Daniel finally said, yes. Um, is that she's somebody that Daniel and I have both known very, very well. She has literally been wanting to be a part of the business since he started it. Mm -hmm. Um, We both trust her and she's going to, like we know she's going to be going full time in the future and she's going to be looking for long term. So this is going to be like a, I think it's another smart decision to make to get her trained and going. Um, it's and then- always a smart decision to hire as long as you do one thing. This is the this is the key with hiring. As long as you do this, every single employee in your company is free. And so arbitrage is how you grow a business. What you're doing is you're bringing in. So here's you, mm-hmm. and you are working producing. $1 sign worth of value as an admin, right? Mm-hmm. So when you hire someone, you pay them to do this thing now. Mm-hmm. And what you do is you move over here and now you need to take the same amount of energy, effort, time, and hours, and you're going to do things that are worth this much value. Now. Yes. That's the plan. This is how it works. So if you sit on the couch and eat bonbons, you're allowed to do that too as a, as a business owner, but that is not, you'll go backwards financially. Mm-hmm. 
which is fine if you can swing it and still hit your goals. But, but you know, when you're a tech and, and you don't want to get out of the field, what you're doing $12 an hour work, right? Well, then you replace yourself and you go up here and now you're like an admin focus. It's a stage two business, right? Now you're doing this type of work. And then we you go up here. Oh, basically you just keep going up and up and up. Yeah, so this is yeah. stage one. This is stage two. Mm -hmm. Sales is a higher order of value, right? general management and systems building is above this stage four, right? It just keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. Right. Right. So, so an example of what you would do with the time savings you get after this person is trained is you would focus on more automation, more systems, yes. refining your copy, um, re reviewing all of your sales and marketing literature, building a KPI dashboard, like you've never had in your life. Like there's all these cool things you can do that are super valuable in the long run. So, yeah, I think it's perfectly great that you hired that person. We've talked about the four levels of value in this group, right? For my friend Myron, I can't take credit for this brilliant freaking thing, but do you remember what the four levels of value are? What's the lowest level of value? This is true globally in all languages and all economies. <clears throat> this, it's observable truth, okay? What's the lowest level of value? Remember? Anybody? Have we talked about I don't, this? I don't think so. Mm -mm. Oh my God. You want your minds to be blown? Can I spend yeah. three to five minutes on this? Yeah. Okay. Lowest form of value is implementation. There's a couple of reasons why when you're an implementer in any industry with any business, you're the person doing the thing. You are delivering the deliverable. You are digging the ditch, frying the French fries, flipping the burger, cleaning the window, answering the phone, whatever it is. If you're the person doing the thing, you're an implementer. And there's a ceiling on how much income you can make as an implementer. There really is. And you can be a high level implementer, like a specialized, like jet mechanic or something. And you could be, you know, actually turning the wrench on a turbine and make a couple hundred grand a year, probably. I don't know. But, but you're not going to make, you know, $16 million a year as an implementer. There, there's a range. Probably on average, it's like a thirty dollars to $50,000 range, right? It's a, like it's what it is. And the main reason there's a, a limit to it. So we'll say 30K to 50K a year on average. The reason why is the only resource you have to make money is your muscles. That's my muscle right there. That's my awesome drawing of a muscle. Well done. So this is the lowest form of value. And so our job as business owners is to keep ascending up. Then the next highest form of value is unification. These are managers. These are the people that herd the cats. They're sort of an implementer in the sense that they're boots on the ground in the field, in the fire, dealing with things. They're task doers, but really what they're doing is hurting the cats. That's what <laughs> they're managing the implementers and they make more money than implementers. A French fry fryer makes $16,500 a year or 21,000 a year. The manager of a McDonald's makes 40 or 50 or 60,000 with benefits, right? They make more. And, uh, uh, and a manager in like a, a professional setting in a sky rise in New York, they, they could make 250,000 a year. Maybe they're like a VP of something, something, and they have a team or something. Um, so let's say that this has got a ceiling of, I don't know, I'll say 50 to 200 K on average, let's say, mm -hmm. and you're using mostly your muscles. Still, you go to bed exhausted physically. You work long hours. A lot of times managers have a pretty demanding job. And the level above this is communication. And this is where people start getting confused because they're like, what does that mean? Well, what it means is when you developed a skill set, 
to make another human being feel something with your words, if you can use your mouth and your energy and your language patterns and your leadership and your vision casting and your inspiration and motivation, when you have the gift of high level communication, it opens up an entirely different world to you. Okay. Um, And this is still muscle, right? But when you get up here, we're talking a million plus. And really think about it. These are even actors and actresses, really, mm-hmm. or any charismatic leader, right? CEOs are gifted communicators, usually, really successful ones. They can give a keynote address. They can run a team meeting. They, they have a way about them that's different. And where people get confused is they think that those people are special, but these are all learned skills. They're mm-hmm. learnable skills. And the, here's where the shift happens is that your primary resource for making money this is a really bad drawing, but this is a brain. Okay. So now you're starting to make more money with your mind rather than with your muscles and the highest form of value, the people that are billionaires, this is where they live right here mm-hmm. in imagination. So, you know, everything in our life happens twice. It happens first in our mind, then it happens in our world. And if we're made in God's image, if you're believers, I don't know. But if we're made in God's, you know, it has to happen in the mind first, then it, then it will manifest, right? So God thought about a thing and he said, let this thing be created. The human beings are the same way. We're made in God's image. We, we see it, we see it, and then it will happen, right? So being able to vividly in 4K, four-dimensionally see your future, to see your company at, as a 15-truck automated $3.6 million thing, to see the org chart, to, to, to visualize walking into your big office with your team fully functioning, and they're all saying, hey, Mr. Latimer, how are you? And to be able to see it is like the most powerful thing ever. You got to be able to see it before you could ever believe it. And you have mm-hmm. to be able to believe it before you could ever have it. And it has to be in that order. And people that are stuck and broke and low level, they, they will not believe things until they see it. Right. They won't. You have to be able to believe it because you are seeing it, but you're seeing it in your mind. You don't see it externally. You see it internal. And these are vision casters. These are Walt Disney's. These are Steve Jobs. These are Elon Musk. And there's smaller versions of this. I mean, Tommy is an, an imagination person. He's down in the tactics a little bit, but what he's doing is he's he's got a plan to build a billion-dollar company. He's currently executing on this plan. He's a maniac. He works too much. He doesn't have a wife and kids, but, but he is loving his life and doing what he wants to do, and ain't nobody going to stop him, right? Brandon is starting to move into imagination big time, and the stuff he's doing behind the scenes with a lot of really cool companies and stuff, I mean, he's it's it's awesome. And I've I've been here for a long time but I flirt with this too, right? I invent things, you know, send Jim was the biggest stressful nightmare ever for me. I, I had to drive myself to the hospital because I was having chest pains several years ago because mm-hmm. it was so stressful. Send Jim. Right. Mm-hmm. However, when I started that, I had this seed of faith, right? I drew it on a napkin. I said, this is a thing. I could, this can be a thing. And I believed it. I could see it. And I would daydream about it. And I could, and then I get scared and I go back into implementation. I, I would, but I would flirt with it. Right. And that turned into a multi-million dollar business. I don't even work in anymore. Right. I haven't worked in it at all in over two years. It started as imagination. So there's my impassioned speech, right? Mm-hmm. There you go. What do you think? Good stuff. That's good stuff. It's really Nicely good done. Stuff. Nicely it's done. a good reminder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's good. 
I've yeah. been living in the, and it's a good the way that's, world. We need to, we're going to put that on the wall so mm-hmm. we know yeah. kind of where we're at at all times, that's kind of where idea. you're at in the whole influx of the, of the thing. So, no, I like it. I like it. Powerful, powerful, powerful. Oh, okay. yeah. I took a few extra minutes with that. But, Brittany, what are your goals for this week? Um, well, next week we are going out into the mountains and we're off for the week for our uh, oh, anniversary trip. Oh, yeah. Oh. So, That's what I'm tizzocking a biz out. That is what I'm tizzocking a biz out. I would like to not think about work at all ever next week. I know it's going to fail, but <laughs> that's Ooh, my my goal. To end it with that sentence well, because that was a pattern. Yeah, it's uh, it's unlikely that I'm not going to think about work. It's unlikely that Daniel's not going to think about work and try to talk about work. I'll give but- you a useful tip. It's always better rather than making your goal to not do something to make your goal to do something. Yeah. To do something. But when yeah. you say your goal is to not think about work, you're, that your brain doesn't, your subconscious mind doesn't really understand the word not. Not. Yeah. Because here's work. Just like the woman who says, I don't want an abusive husband. I don't want an abusive husband. And they get married four times to men that beat the crap out of them. Why yeah. does that keep happening? It's because they're focused on what they don't want instead of what they do want. So focus on saying, I want to reconnect with Daniel. I want to laugh. I want to belly laugh more than I have in the last year. I want to... Yeah feel relaxed and refreshed. I want to get a massage. I want to do this. I want whatever, read a book. Yeah. Focus on those things. If you think about work, but still get those things, did you then lose? It wins. No, I win. No, totally win. So my goal for next week is to enjoy my time away. Next up, we're going to talk to Tyson from the great state of Utah and check in on his, again, typical small business with all the normal struggles. And, you know, there's mindset stuff uh, that's holding him back. And he's going to break through it, and he is breaking through it. But just like you, you know, there's so much head trash to work through and different mental frameworks that can help you succeed. And we talk about some of that stuff as, as well as some other things. Hope you enjoy it. What's going on? My uh, Utah friends, how are you? <laughs> good, yeah. we're doing pretty good. Um, are you called Utahians? What, I, I how does that know, work? Like, I guess U- Utahns, Utopians, yeah. but now Utahns. Utahns. <laughs> Utah, I'm from Idaho originally, so I'm I'm with Bo. Don't don't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think the Idaho people are called Potatoians. <laughs> I wouldn't even recognize a potato plant if I saw it. <laughs> it just grows underneath a pile of dirt. It grows under the ground. Did you know that? <laughs> but they taste good, that's for sure. Oh, baby. Um, all right, give, give us an update. Go for it. So, um, yeah, everything's going good. This is our best month ever. Um, last November was our best month because November is always our busiest month. We did almost 34. Uh, we're, we should do over 36 for we'll over 36. Yeah, we will do it. We have a few jobs today that don't have prices and we're setting at 35, nine. So, so we'll do over 36,000, which is 10,000 more than last month. Which what is was your goal for this month? Uh, it was 51. So we didn't get that, but, um, still the best month because of marketing issues or capacity It's marketing, right? It's, uh, <laughs> there's, we didn't technically have two trucks until halfway through the month running. So that's capacity a little bit. Um, I mean, we, how, much, how uh, much you have booked for June so far? And what's uh, 16, five, and we're going for 48. 
Okay, so we're close to being on pace. Because, <laughs> like, even even when you said you had your biggest month ever, or biggest month ever, the way that my head works is it still made my eye twitch a little bit, to be honest. Because what you're doing is you're looking at your 37, yeah. and you're looking backwards at it to compare it. But what you want to do is take your 37 and look forwards to compare it, right? So you should have some form of positive, healthy anxiety around the fact that, dang it, 51 to 37 is a $14,000 shortage, right? Always look forward. It'll pull you up the hill faster. And so next month, you know, we're not going to be satisfied if we have our biggest month ever and hit 40 because our goal is 48, right? Compare yourself to the next version of yourself, not the previous version of yourself. And last but not least for this call, to give you kind of an inside look, we have Robin and Bo. Now, Robin and Bo have a pretty incredible story. The, the last couple of years have been amazing for them, specifically the last 12 months. I've I've rarely worked with people that have taken more action, stepped outside their comfort zone quicker than these two have. And, you know, they're reaping the rewards for it. They're, they've built a way more profitable, way more systemized, way more streamlined business. They have a shop finally, and they're well on their way to hitting the million dollar mark. And I'm really proud of them. And I think you'll enjoy kind of their insights and the things we talk about to round out this podcast. The month of May will probably be over 25% profit, right? More like 35%. So, Oh, how come I haven't gotten a steakhouse gift card in the mail from you? you (laughs) I know. Why why has this not happened? Last year, your profit was like 10%. For the year yeah. or something like five or i need to do yeah. some i walked on my back porch i walked around my backyard right when i moved to texas we talked about all this stuff you're doing it i'm so freaking proud of you this is insane yeah yep. you're I actually think- gonna have a reward at the end of the year for all this effort I oh hope. yeah i hope yep it's not over with yet <laughs> i'm as happy for you as i would be for myself yeah <laughs> It's just keeping that capacity up and keeping people I, hired. I mean, it's stuff. only been two months that since we've done this performance pay and we're st- and I still anyway, there's still some factors to figure in, but it's th- mm-hmm. it's totally going in the right direction. Yeah, and plus raising our prices, of mm-hmm. course. It, but, yeah. it is the thing that fixed this. Oh, it totally the, is the thing, that and fixed. it's not going to undo itself. This is no. a permanent change. Yeah. This, your business model is better now, right? And so oh, get totally. used to it, right? I mean, you're going to have. It's just awesome. You can hire an admin assistant and not panic about it. You can you can right. make choices. You can you can do so much stuff. Do, but anyway, so did you want to add something to this that's like an anchor, like a real serious thing? Like you mentioned the personal time or you mentioned mm-hmm. limiting your working good. hours. Cause for yeah. exa- for example, maybe just think about it this week and we'll talk about it next week. Yeah. But for example, you could also have a, you could add a third objective in here that says to average 40 hours a week from here till the end of the year or something. Right. And, and by having that as a strategic anchor, as a main focus, you'll have to make decisions around that and you will do it. Mm -hmm. And so if you work 52 hours and you start tracking it, then we're going to have to delegate, eliminate or outsource things you're doing and we'll streamline things. And you'll, then you'll have to work 28 hours the next week to compensate for the 52 hours to average 40 hours you'll get it. I mean, whatever is measured will improve. Whatever you put on here, if you're serious, will happen. Mm-hmm. So whatever you want, you can have 100%. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
I like that actually, because then it forces you to really, you know, that your time spent, you know, making it the most out of it for one thing. And then just not sitting here 13 hours a day, you know, working and grinding. And getting one burned. one thing with this though, is that people always tell me that they want to work less. And then when we really get into the nitty gritty of it, what I find out is they actually don't want to work less. They, they're like addicted to it. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you an example. So my mom has yeah. this bad habit and I love my mom. She's amazing, but she'll have this habit sometimes where she'll, be a victim of the thing that she wants. And what I mean is, is she'll say something like, and this hasn't happened in years and years, but she, she would complain that she never sees the grandkids or something. Well, mm-hmm. it'd be nice if I saw the grandkids and we'd be like, Hey, well, we can bring them all over on Friday and you can, they can spend the night. Right. And it would help us. Cause we need to do this thing. Well, okay. Well, I was this last minute, but and, right, now I got to go grocery shop. And she would like complain about the thing that she desires. Mm-hmm. And, and I would always, cause I'm a logic brand. I'm like, no, 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 no. Pick one. You can, you can legitimately be like, oh, I got screwed over. It's last minute. And I'll be, and you can be a martyr and I will honor that and be like, thank you so much for doing this last minute. But you, if you're doing that one, you can't say, oh, I never see my grand. Like you can't say right. that anymore. Or you can do it the other way. Like <laughs> you can't be a victim of the thing that you desire. Meaning if you're going to work 40 hours, but you really don't want to, you can't, you can't say, Oh, I would be nice if I could work less, but then constantly sabotage yourself to guarantee mm-hmm. yourself that you work more because you're secretly addicted to work. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yes. totally. Yeah. So figure out if you actually care about that in the first place. Right. right. Tommy would want to veer off an overpass. If I told him he had to work for you, <laughs> yeah, right. he would hate it. Right. So everybody's different. Mine is more about, like, I want to go to the gym at 10 o'clock in the morning because that's the class I want to go to. You know, that's the kind of stuff. I want to be able to do what I want to do at the times I want to do it. And not be checked. You know what's funny about that's you saying that? Seven? That's that not she, can, she can totally do it. She, she can do it today. You, you can, can do it right now. You you're can. 100% in control. It's like you yeah. forgot that you're the boss. You got, you got to get a shirt that says boss, babe, yeah. or CEO ceo shirt or something that reminds you absolutely and there's going to be two admins so there's actually essentially three now in the company you know with robin freeing up a lot of her time to do systems and other things but you can go you can take an hour walk away do your class hours it's two yeah i know you gotta shower and stuff but still you can do that yeah it would make me so happy i want to do that i mean you're not yeah you're not coming in as early as you but you keep saying you want to you can yeah it's, you know, I'll t- here's the last story. And I'm so sorry we went way over. So last mm-hmm. August, yeah. I talked to, so last year I was kind of in a funk personally and I was okay, you know, but what had happened is I was so like stressed out from send Jim and everything for so many years. I mean, I worked that business for six years before I took $1 out of it personally, mm-hmm. $1 and now it's okay and everything, but people have no idea how hard that was. And boohoo for me. That's not my point. Uh-huh. But, my, but what happened was then I stopped. We hired a CEO. We got things in place. Mike Dalkey, some other friends of mine really saved us and helped me get clarity. And like, oh my God, we, I cut 50,000 a month in expenses. I fired tons of people. I rearranged my whole company. Mm-hmm. And it was, so then I was like, I don't want to do this. So I got out, but I had so much inertia from working so hard for so long that I like made me depressed feeling right. Because I went from going fighter jet hundred miles an hour to 
not having to do anything mm-hmm. and it didn't have the effect like for a week it was cool and then it was like it sucked in a way mm-hmm. but i just didn't want to go back and work there either so i'm in this funk and a, a year had went by and i talked to my friend katie richardson and she's a business coach and she built a 20 million dollar business and was been on ellen rachel ray and she's got this crazy rags to riches story and she's just powerful and wise and amazing and awesome and i'm talking to her she charges 60 grand for her to coach you that's how much it costs right it's worth it i know like lots of people that pay her. how much 60 grand a year 60 grand a year yep five grand a month and you talk to her once a week okay <laughs> it's like conquer except it costs like way more but uh <laughs> And there's no base camp and you don't get to talk to the other people that are in Conquer's a really good deal. If in it case is. you're one anyway. Um, so, but she's a friend. So she was like giving me a coaching session for free. And she's like, asking me all these awesome questions and I'm telling her what I want and my personal goals. And this is what she asked me that I've never forgot. She said, I told her I want to be 185 pounds, the best shape of my life. And I want to make a million dollars in personal income in the next 12 months. That's what I told her last August. And, uh, and she said, okay, I have a question for you. Cause I had been complaining to her. I'm like, yeah, I feel like crap. I feel like I'm not powerful. I'm fat. I'm just slow. I'm, I'm not clear on what I want to do. And, yeah. and she said, here's my question. Is that a hope or is it something you're committed to? That's what she asked me. Very simple, very simple, but very, very deep too. Mm -hmm. She said, is that a hope or is that something you're committed to? Mm -hmm. I had to stop and think about it for like 15 minutes. And what I realized was it was a hope. I didn't really want to do that. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to go. I wasn't ready to go into overdrive and do what's required to get that result. I didn't want to. Mm -hmm. And it was like kind of painful and like humiliating to admit it, but, but it was true. But it gave me so much clarity. So ask yourself with the 40 hour a week thing or anything in any of our businesses, do we really care? And it's okay if you don't, because right now today I'm in a different spot. I'm ready. I have things getting ready to cook and I'm having fun and I'm, I have energy. I'm working out again and I'm, I'm, I'm like ready now, but I wasn't last August. Right. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't. I think, I don't know why this wasn't, you know, we have seasons, you get in a funk. It's, it just is what it is. Yeah, but I was grateful that she asked me that because I would have paid her the 60 grand. And then what would have happened would have been, it would have sucked Mm -hmm. because I didn't want to do what would be required for me to get what I told her I wanted. But what I told her I wanted wasn't something I was committed to, something that I hoped. If you're ready to go even deeper, go to Facebook and search for The Growth Vault. It's a free community with thousands of other business owners just like you. I'll see you next time on The Growth Fall.